You know, we're glad you're in church today. And again, I don't know if you walked in here. Maybe you're a little fearful of something. Maybe you have failed in life at some point or another and you need to be lifted up. I just want to introduce you to what the church, the people of God, is to be all about. I want to talk to you today about being a church that God intends for us to be. Being a a congregation, a group of people uh, who he intends for us to be. Did you know that God wants to meet you where you are and lift you up to greater things? He wants to elevate your hope today in who he is. He wants to increase your faith, strengthen your faith in a powerful, powerful way. And I don't know why you get out of bed and you come to a meeting like this or a, a church group or hang out. But, but we come to have an encounter with God. I come in this place and I meet with you and I meet with God, not because I have to, but because I get to. And, and, and you know, I come expecting. Every single time we come together, I expect God to do something amazing in the life of our church. It may not just be in my personal life. It may be in your life. But he is a miracle worker and he does amazing, amazing things. And and you know, Jesus came to earth. He was God in the flesh and he did some amazing, amazing uh, acts of of love and kindness and healing. But they were all to, to inspire people to have faith in God. Every miracle that Jesus did was to manifest the power of God so that people could in turn have faith in a great God. And and so today, let's, let's empower our faith in a great way and let's learn how to be a church that influences the community and empowers people that we come uh that we come uh that we encounter each and every day. If you have your Bibles with you, I want to read from a story out of Mark chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. And this is where Jesus basically had gone back to his ministry headquarters. I don't know if you know it or not, but Jesus set up a ministry headquarter. And it was in Capernaum. And it's actually where the Bible says it was, was his home away from home. In other words, he went and set up there. It's where he found his first disciples right off the Sea of Galilee. And he set up his ministry base there. The Bible says he comes back. He had started doing ministry there and and flocks of people had had taken notice of of this particular man who was who was doing some audacious things. And some of the religious leaders, they would come and they would listen to Jesus because they wanted to get educated. They wanted to get educated on the things of God. And I want to show you this passage of scripture because the Bible says that there was it was a packed house. There were. Numerous people, there wasn't a seat left, and people were there, and they had attended this meeting to get educated on the things of God. Mark chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. The Bible says, when Jesus returned to Capernaum several days later, the news spread quickly that he had come back home. In other words, he had gone out, now he's back, the preacher's back in the house. And soon the house where he was staying was so packed. Everybody say packed. It was packed with visitors that were, and there were no room uh, even outside the door. 
while he was preaching God's word to them, four men arrived carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. They couldn't bring him to Jesus because of the crowd. The Bible says, so they did the outrageous. They dug a hole through the roof above his head. And then they lowered the man on the mat right down in front of Jesus. And the Bible says in verse 5, seeing their faith. Everybody say faith. faith. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, my child, your sins, you're missing the mark of God's glorious standard. Your sins are forgiven. But some of the teachers of religious law who were sitting there thought to themselves, what is he saying? This is blasphemy. Only God can forgive sins. And you know what? They were exactly right. Only God can forgive sins. Only God can, can basically make the amends for you and I missing the mark of his glorious standard. And the Bible says we've all missed the mark of God's amazing standard for our life And God can come on the scene and guess what? He can forgive you of those sins and then he can empower you to do something amazing. And I don't want you to make a mistake about it. God never forgives sin so that you can end up in heaven one day. That's a byproduct of his forgiveness. But he forgives sin so you can reconnect with him and you can live life today. Slap your neighbor and say, are you living yet? (laughs) Jesus knew immediately what they were thinking. So he asked them, hey, why do you question this in your hearts that I can forgive sins? And he says something. He says, is it easier to say to the paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven? Or stand up, pick up your mat, and walk. So I will prove to you that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. Basically, he states that I am God. Do you understand? Because they understood that only God could forgive sins. And he says, I'm going to tell you, I got the authority to forgive sins. Because I'm God in the flesh and I'm on earth. And then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, stand up, pick up your mat and go home. The man jumped up, he grabbed his mat and he walked out through the stunned onlookers. And they were all amazed, praised, uh, they were all amazed and praised God. Everybody say praised. Praised. I hope you came to praise God today. Praised God, exclaiming, we have never seen anything like this before. You know, the church should be a place to find forgiveness And find a future. The church should be a people that you come in contact with where you find the forgiveness of God and you find the future that God has in store for you. And and we have reduced church down to a religious exercise that we come to a couple of hours a week. We hang out and and you know what? And, And we get educated. But I want you to notice in this story, there were crowds of people there for the education, but there were a few people that showed up to have an encounter. And I want you to understand today that that God wants you to have an encounter. 
He wants you to experience the salvation that he has for you. And my friend, it all comes on the heels of this thing called faith. Faith in who God is. And I'm here to declare to you today, based on the Bible and God's authority and his amazing words, he has the power to step into your life, change your life, and empower you for a great future. This passage fires me so up, just so much, because here's the deal. There's a picture. There's a snapshot. There's a a paralyzed man on a mat. And can I tell you, a lot of times when I look into the eyes of human beings, and I'm talking about human beings that, that, you know, I I come encounter, encounter here in 2019, they, 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 appear to be paralyzed and on a mat. In other words, they're not moving forward their future and their faith that God has given them. I think this story reveals something to us that they could ever change your life. Because God never intended for us to lay on a mat in life. This physical healing is to demonstrate something spiritual that God wants to do in your heart today. Understand, when Jesus did physical miracles, it was always to demonstrate something about God in connections to humanity. It was to explain to you and bring up there, down here. To bring his kingdom to earth. The kingdom had arrived. It had arrived. The king was on earth. He was walking in the flesh. Though he was a servant at that particular time. He was going to become a king. And he was displaying to humanity. You know what? How to get off the mat. And maybe you're not winning this match called life. Maybe you've been down for the count. You know anybody down for the count? Because of, because of things like, like fear and failure and, and fatigue. And, and, and really, they're, they're just simply flat on their back in life. And praises are going up all around them. And fear has them attached to the mat. Fatigue has them attached to the mat. Failure has... So attached to the to mat, maybe even being forgotten has got you attached to the mat. And my friend, if you are laying on the mat today, I want you to know we serve a God who is a God that resurrects things off of their back into life and greatness. And this is a demonstration of what God wants to do in every person's life here today. He wants you to get up and walk. Walk in a new direction, being who he has created you and me to be. And so in order to do that, you've got to exercise this thing called faith. The Bible says without faith, you know, it's impossible to please God, the creator, without faith in the Hebrews. So what is Faith. Faith is hope in things not yet seen. It's the substance of, of, of things that, that you haven't seen yet. It's confidence and it's hope 
And maybe you're in a dark moment. I just want you to know today that God wants you to understand that hope is on the horizon. Don't you let that darkness keep you attached to the mat. You know, we're going to be doing an incredible Easter service here at Barefoot Church in just a few weeks. Multitudes of services, thousands of people will be on this campus. You have the power to invite and change the world and get people here. And, you know, I I encourage you to grab some of those invite cards today and start giving them out. We got some big honking invite cards this year. Because we want everybody to come get them a little of this hope. Huh? Come on. So why don't you get you a few of those invite cards and, and go out and share them with other people. Again, the crowds were there to get educated. These guys came for an encounter. And I do believe when we have an encounter with God, we want other people to experience the same encounter that we've had. I, I've, I've come to understand that some of the greatest uh, people to go and get other people are people who have been touched by God. People who have been rescued. People who were once on the mat. But you know what? God resurrected them and they got up in this match called life and they begin to live how God intended for them to live. And, and again, I want you to understand that's who God is. He resurrects dead things. He brings things back to life. And the Bible declares that human beings have died in their trespasses of sin. The Bible declares that, that we are separated from our creator because we missed the mark of his glorious standard and we have gone our own way. But though the separation and though the miss and though we are dead in our trespasses of sin, there is a God that can touch you on the mat and resurrect you to spiritual life. So how do you exercise faith? And if you are a church person and you're a part of God's family and kingdom, I want you to understand it was uh, the friend's faith who got the man to the feet of Jesus. So, so your faith is, is contagious. And, and if we're going to help people get resurrected, if we're going to have a resurrection in our own life, we need to understand we need some friends. Are, are you isolated? Are you lonely? Are you paralyzed? Because you did something or somebody else did something to you? I'm going to say something that's going to sound a little, a little off the cuff. But you need to get over it. And get you some friends. That are full of faith. Do you know how. How many crowds of people. Try to keep faithful people on their back. They're everywhere. They're loud. And and can I tell you something. They'll walk by you every single day. and, and, And they won't inspire your faith. They'll give you. Sometimes, you know, a, a pat on the, on the fanny or whatever else and tell you, you know, it's all going to be all right. But I, I'm not talking about that kind of friend. I'm talking about the friend that'll say, we serve a great God and I got faith in him. 
and follow me as I follow Christ. I'm not going to tell you everything's all right, but I am going to tell you, you know what? Feelings come and feelings go. Fear comes and fear goes. Failure comes and and, and failure goes. And I serve a God who will meet you in your fear, in your failure, or your fatigue. And if you'll just take your little bit of faith and you'll put it in that great God, you'll begin to get up off the mat. And again, do you have some friends? Friends that'll meet you in your crisis. Friends that'll pick up your mat and carry you to the meeting. See, see, that's what you need to understand as a, a faithful church person, church partner. That's the calling on your life. Is to grab a corner of the mat with some other people and somebody who hasn't met God and get them to the feet of Jesus. And again, it's not always you picking up a corner of a physical map. It's you using your gift, partner with somebody else's gift. And together, what we do as friends, we exercise what God has given us and we help other people meet the same Jesus we have met. And again, you know, if, if, if we're going to be a church that God does the amazing through, we, we've got to be a, a church that's full of friends. I hope you have some friends. I hope you have some small groups. I hope you have some people you you get in contact with. I'm not just talking about socialites or the Jebusites or any other kind of ites. I'm talking about some friends that have faith. God is who he says he is. And you know what? They wake up each and every day and their ambition is to to basically push back darkness and shine the light of Christ in this world. Get you some friends. Because see, the church is a place that should be full of friends. And, And my experience in this church, this community called Barefoot Church, this family, there's a bunch of friends here. They're everywhere. All you got to do is come out of hiding and get you some friends. Titus Holly, right over here, he's got so many friends. And again, all you got to do is get around Titus. You're going to realize you got a friend. I mean, he's contagious. He drive you crazy sometimes, but he's contagious. You know why? Because Titus was once on the mat himself. And God found him through some friends. And they got their friend, to the next thing that you need to understand if you want your faith to soar. They got their friend to the feet of Jesus. See, see, the church shouldn't just be full of friends. It should also be full of Jesus. And, and Jesus 
The life of Christ is recorded throughout the Bible. But understand that that's what the church is all about. The church is about Jesus. And again, it's not just screaming the name Jesus. It's believing in a Jesus who came to get us off the mat and heal our broken heart because we had moved away from God because of this thing called a sin. And this Jesus gave his life on a cross and demonstrated that God loves you and God wants to resurrect you. You need to understand the cross and the resurrection is the very essence and picture of who God is and what he wants to do in your personal life. He wants to get you off the mat. And he wants you to connect to him and win this match called life. And again, yes, we're going to be eternal beings and we're going to spend eternity with God in a real heaven one day. But the match is now. Living can start today. And and I'm really trying to correct a, a teaching floods the local church today that you pray a prayer and you go to heaven one day. And and that's true. However, I I want you to understand that that the salvation and knowing Jesus and believing in the resurrection is more than going to heaven one day. And, 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 And again, the Bible teaches that God came to give you life and give it to us to the full. You have the opportunity to live life every day. In the spite of the circumstances. In spite of the things going on. And in spite of the things that wants to steal the joy that God has placed in your heart. My friend, there is a God who will meet you where you are. And he came in human form. His name is Jesus. And the church needs to be all about Jesus. And the church needs to be full of Jesus. Getting people to the feet of Jesus in front of Jesus. But, but without that, you know what? People just remain paralyzed. I can give you all the self-help books I want to give you. All the counsel I, I can give you out of my own experiences in my own life. I'm 52. I got some wisdom. Okay? They've gone through some things. But you know what? My wisdom, my wisdom and the things I've gone through can't help you if I fail to get you connected to Jesus. Because Jesus is the life source. He's the one that reconnects you to God. He's the one that reconnects you to the the teacher called the Holy Spirit. He's the one that gives you access to the creator. And why would I contain all the information, all the wisdom God gives me and and, and not strive to give you access? Because it takes a load off of me personally when I don't have to gurgitate, you know, who God is to people over and over again, but, but they have a personal encounter with him and experience him in a, in a powerful, powerful way. And then he begins to speak to them just like he speaks to me and they get over it. See, the greatest, the greatest teacher you'll ever meet isn't at Harvard. 
isn't the, the business gurus on, on Instagram. The, the greatest teacher you will ever meet is the Holy Spirit. But, but you can't meet the Holy Spirit until you access him through Jesus. And my friends, I'm here to declare to you today that some of us are trying to hear from God in our heart, trying to glean wisdom from friends that only if your friends get you to the feet of Jesus, you'll ever understand who God is. Because Jesus is the one that opens the door. He's the one that swings the gate wide open so you can step in the presence of your God and begin to move forward with him. And again, man, you know, here at Barefoot Church, we got some some great things going on to encourage people. But I want you to understand, if it's going to be a church that is filled with God, it has to be a church that is filled with Jesus. Come on, somebody. He's the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father, Jesus stated, except through him. And my friends, people are trying to access God in all kinds of forms and all kinds of ways. But God has given the gift. And the gift had flesh and the gift's name was Jesus. He's the Messiah. He's the liberator. He'll liberate you from the power of sin this very day. He'll get you off the mat. Maybe you are fatigued. Maybe you are fearful. You know what? Maybe you are failing over and over again. You need to understand that this story of a paralyzed man represents what God wants to do in your personal life today. And my friend, the church has to be full of friends and full of Jesus. But not only full of friends and full of Jesus, I want you to notice something because this is the the most incredible part of this passage to me. The church needs to be full of faithfulness. Bible states that this man gets up and walks. Jesus speaks to him, his friend's faith, get him to the feet of Jesus. Jesus is there. Jesus says, your sins are forgiven. The man believes that in his heart. But then what he does is is he gets up and he's faithful, and he walks out a different way than he came in. See, see, when you have an encounter with God, that's what happens. When your sin is forgiven, that's what happens. Is, is, Is God comes in and gives you a new direction and a new future. And you don't have to keep going back and back and back and back. You've been lifted up by God. Walk in the faithfulness all the days of your life and see if God doesn't show up and do something amazing. The church needs to be full of faithful people. To a faithful God. Full of audacious obedience. Ha! That's faithful. I believe God. I believe what he says. I'm going to do what he says. I believe God. 
I believe he resurrected me from the mat. I'm going to get up. And if he says walk through the crowd, I'm going to walk through the crowd. I believe God. They laughed at me when I came through the roof. But you know what? They're praising God when I walked out of the room. Come on, somebody. I believe God because I I was lowered down in the room and I was paralyzed. (laughs) But you know what? Jesus forgave me of my sins and he says, get up because no longer do you have to lay on your back. I'm giving you new direction and I'm giving you an amazing future. Now get up and walk in it. many people are forgiven of their sins and they keep their fanny on the mat. Walk. Come on. Walk to a different drumbeat. Walk in the spirit. Don't walk in the flesh. Walk in the spirit of God and begin to see him do amazing things. That's what faithfulness is. Faithfulness isn't always saying, well, the devil made me do it. (laughs) Well, you have power over sin because of the access Jesus has given you to your heavenly father. So you slap the devil in the teeth next time he tells you to do something. And you tell him God said to walk in this way. The devil can't make you do anything. If Jesus has forgiven you of your sin and resurrected your life. Your your flesh may crave some things you used to do when the devil was talking to you. But you need to understand something. You keep being faithful to the new things in the new direction and you watch if those things don't fall off like the plague and begin, you begin to move forward with the things of God. Come on. It's a funny thing because God honors faithfulness. The Bible says there's a whole generation of people that God came into Egypt and he basically by his powerful hand brought them out of Egypt across the Red Sea. But as they crossed the Red Sea, their hearts became hard and they became unfaithful. And guess what happened? They missed the promise of God. I want to give you a little quick teaching today. The promised land in the scripture that the Israelites entered into is not a picture of heaven. It's a picture of the abundant life. The full life. The life that is overflowing. The life that is full of God's provision. So many people read it and think that the Israelites were supposed to go to heaven. No, they, they went into the abundant life and they still had enemies in the, in the promised land that they had to push out. It's a snapshot. It's a picture in God's word of how to live an abundant life. And the way to live the abundant life is to be faithful to the things of God. The Bible says a whole generation of people died off in the desert because of their hard heart and they were unfaithful. But however, he reminds us, hey, learn from that and don't be unfaithful. Follow God. He's got a great future in store for you. 
And I want to show you what it says in the book of Hebrews. And I close with this today. Hebrews chapter 3, verses 1 and 2. The writer of Hebrews says, Dear brothers and sisters who belong to God and are partners with those called to heaven. Think carefully about this Jesus whom we declare to be God's messenger and high priest. For he was faithful to God. Everybody say faithful. Faithful. He's the picture of faithfulness. He was faithful to God who appointed him. Just as Moses served faithfully. Everybody say faithfully. Moses was one who served faithfully. When he, entrust, when he was entrusted with God's entire house. And then the Bible goes on to talk about faithfulness. But in Hebrews 11 or Hebrews 3 verse 14 it says this. For if we are faithful. Speaking to you today. If we are faithful to the end. Trusting God just as firmly as when we first believed. We will share in all that belongs to Christ. See, you can be forgiven of your sin and never walk in faithfulness. And and you won't share in the blessings and all the things in eternity that belong to Christ. God comes into a human's life if they're 78, 38, 18, 8, 2. To salvage them from their sin. My friend, you were born with a nature to go in the wrong direction. Not in the direction that God intended for you. How we're born in this earth. However, God is a miraculous God. And though we're bent to go in the wrong direction, God comes into a person's life. That's what salvation is. Through their faith in Jesus Christ. And then he empowers them to walk towards the new future. And my friends, the new future is being a part of his kingdom every day, all day long, being faithful as you walk. But how many of you know be faithful in this journey you gotta have some friends because everything we encounter sometimes tries to suck the faith out of us this is why the church is so powerful as the church lifts up the name of Jesus it's full of friends that's going to help you in your journey called faith and hopefully there's a few people that's kind of like the pin and the cushion the spur and the saddle the, 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 the one that's going to be like the stick in the rear end. It says, let's get faithful. Let's get faithful. Let's get faithful. Get over it. Let's get faithful. Get over it. Get up off your duff and let's do some stuff. Don't you lay that on that mat. I know you're tired. I know you're fatigued. But do you understand the one who resurrected your life? Get up. Let's do something. Hopefully somebody is going to motivate you. And not just share the love of Christ. But share the purpose of your life. And they're going to tell you to get up off your mat. And do something with your life. Life is short. But you have opportunity God's cry in 2019 
It's for a faithful church. Church that makes Jesus the King and the Lord gets on with their part and believes God for the promise. God, I thank you so much for this story. God, if there is one today that's on the map because of fear, failure, or fatigue, God, I pray we'd be a group of friends that get them to the feet of Jesus. Because Jesus, you are the way, truth, and the life, and no one can come and access our Father except through you because you made the way. We thank you for being a way maker. Oh, God. If there's one today that hasn't put their trust, their faith, in the way, God, you have provided, Jesus, my friend, may you understand this is the gift that God sent into this earth. His name is Jesus. He is the Christ. He is the liberator. He gives you access to God. That's the first step. And I, I pray that we could be a church that believes that and walks in faithfulness. But, but we're inviting you to take that step. You say, how do I do that? Say, God, I surrender. Not my will, but your will. God, I need you. I need you to speak into my heart. I need you to speak into my life. Tell God that right now where you sit. Say, I believe in Jesus and I want to come into your holy presence. And I want to hear from you in my heart. My friend, if you mean that prayer with your heart, God has swung the gate wide. Step in because the resurrection has given you full access. Tell God, thank you for the death of Christ, the blood that was shed to forgive you of your sin. Tell God, thank you for the resurrection. And you pray to be faithful all the days of your life. In Jesus' name, amen. Give God a hand clap of praise today.